It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star, Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality, Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum, The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. mind off the craziness of the world out there, get a refocus in on some good old-fashioned rock and roll. We have an amazing show planned for you this evening, guys. We're going to start off with another one of our roundtables. We haven't had one in quite some time. We're going to be talking about the current state of rock and roll, what bands are doing wrong, what bands are doing right. We're going to be joined by Will Mass of Ignite slash Unite the Scene, Bradley of BLE Entertainment, Mike Albuquerque, promoter and owner of Magnetar Concert Promotions, and Bill Chavis of Highball Music, man. Really excited to talk to all them guys. And then in the second hour, we're going to be talking to Nick Petrino. Nick is the guitar player for D. Snyder, as well as his solo band, My Missing Half. So a lot of great stuff to get to. I want to say a big major thank you to Phoenix Custom Printing, guys. 
Now's the time if you're going to take your rock game to the next level, you're ready to get your merch together, you're ready to be prepared for all those summertime shows that are going to be popping up, those outdoor gigs, you're going to want to be ready. You're going to want to call this guy at 410-206-2081. They are the exclusive printer of the Rock and Roll Union. Very, very excited to get them on board, man. Once again, that phone number is 410 206 2081. Tell them that Rock and Roll Union sent you, and they'll take 20% off your first order, guys. Also, I want to say a big shout out to Brent Hunt Customs, guys. We got a bunch of new stuff that's going to be coming out, a couple of different things different than what we've had before. They're going to be coming to us via Brett Hunt Customs. You can call them at 410-508-1233. You're talking print, uh, printed guitar picks, any kind of custom things, think outside the box. This guy can get it for you, man. This is Brent Hunt Customs, 410-508-1233. I want to say also a big shout-out to Tattoo Tony Rodriguez, man. Broken Pass will be playing at the Brighton Bar this evening in Long Branch. Get out there if you're in that area. Check out Broken Pass. You're not going to want to miss them. Bill Chavis, who's coming on the show tonight, owner of Highball Music is the label that Broken Pass is on, man. So we're just tying the Rock and Roll Union love together. Also, wanted to give you guys a heads up in case you haven't seen it, in case you missed it somehow. We're in the mist, and we're actually going to uh, extend the we're, we're going to extend the deadline for this. We are having a writing contest for COVID. The song must be COVID related. It must be brand new. It's a writing contest and we have gotten Audio Alley in Pittman, New Jersey. They've offered up a prize pack to whoever wins that contest. That contest is real easy. Just post your video straight to the Rock and Roll Union page. The more likes, the more comments, the more traction you get underneath that video, the better. It doesn't have to be funny. It doesn't have to be Said it, whatever you want it to be, guys. This is all about COVID 19, making the best out of a bad situation. Once again, that prize pack will be from Audio Alley, one of many that we're getting together right now. The phone number is 856 982 7955. That number again is 856 982 7955. And finally, if you missed the announcement today, guys, Rock and Roll Union is Back in the live events, we are very excited and very pleased to present to you the Jersey Shore Jam 2, guys. That'll be May 15th out at Bure in Atlantic City. The lineup, guys, you can't get better than this. You got Shades of Grey, the Rock and Roll Union house band. You have Rat Rod, and you have Whiskey Grin, man. You can't beat those three bands together in Atlantic City. We also have exclusive discounts for the suites that are across the way we're not talking just hotel room here guys suites indoor pool the whole nine man and you also have vip seating available you have regular seating available the tickets will be dropped tomorrow pay attention to the rock and roll union page i can't guarantee what time tickets are going on sale tomorrow but the link will be up by the end of the day tomorrow you'll want to jump on them because there is a cap 
to how many people are able to come out and watch that show due to COVID. We're keeping our regulations strict. We're making sure that there's enough room and enough area out there for everybody to party safely. And not only are we doing the Jersey Shore Jam, too, we're also doing our luncheon that day. So if you're a promoter, a band, uh, anybody that's involved in the music scene and you want to come out and start discussing, where do we go from here? Now that COVID's, we're, we're kind of coming to the tail end of things here. Where do we go? What do we do? Let's work together as a team and let's really get it going, guys. Also, the last thing I want to talk to you guys about before we uh, we drop an exclusive on you is the votes for Rock and Roll Union Artists of the Month are still underway. You got Mark Knight and the Unsung Heroes out of California. You got As We Become Ghosts from South Jersey, Philadelphia area. And you got Broken Past from the North Jersey area. All three bands are phenomenal. Make sure you check out all three of them. And I'm telling you, the voting's really close. The voting, we still have most of the month of February to get through. But the voting is so close, guys. Make sure that you get everybody on board. Get everybody voting. Get everybody uh, in on this, man. Really excited to see where this goes. Tight race. I mean, Mark Knight's following a little bit behind, but still plenty of time to catch up. We got As We Become Ghosts out in the front. But they're only out in the front by 12 votes, guys. That's not a lot by any stretch of the imagination. So with them in the lead right now, we are getting ready to drop on you an exclusive As We Become Ghosts song. This is the debut of this song. This is the first song. I heard this a couple of days ago. And I'll tell you what, man. I had to beg Mickey to let me play this because I'm that stoked for it, that excited. This, to me, is the song that makes as we become ghosts arrive this is that good guys this is firefly
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer, The Maestro, former Impact performer, Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor, Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality, Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Works, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum, The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOCNation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. 
Welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast, guys. It is my extreme pleasure to begin yet again another one of our roundtable discussions. We're missing half of our panel right now, but we're going to go ahead and bring on the first two gentlemen that we have on the line. I believe we got Mike Albuquerque, uh, owner of Magnetar Concert Promotions. And unfortunately, because I don't have caller ID, I don't know who else is on the line. So, uh Let's go ahead and introduce Mike. It's his first time on the show and a lot of good stuff to talk about. Mike, you with us? I'm here, brother. How are you? Good, man. Good. Uh, If you could just give us a little bit of – now, I know, but everyone listening has no idea. Could you give us a little bit of input on into how long you've been doing it, what your your role has been, and uh, your experience in the game? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, um, I started out and still currently am uh, the, a founding member and the drummer for the heavy metal band Infernal Opera. Uh, traditional heavy metal, very King Diamond, Judas Priest type, type stuff. Um, I launched Magnetar Concert Promotions, um, an independent, um, locally based promotion company, uh, actually in February of 2012. So nine years this month. Um and uh, after a while, you know, I kind of bounced around and, and a bunch of different clubs. And then I, I, I'd always worked here at Bar 13, and I finally settled in, and they, they hired me on as their, uh, their talent hire. So basically anything live, rock, or metal that comes through here uh, effectively goes through me. So it's, um, yeah, it's been great. It's been great. And you guys have seen your plethora of national talent that have come through. You guys have had some pretty big names. Uh, who do you remember mainly as far as some of the biggest draws that you guys have had in Bar 13? Oh, wow, there's been tons. Um, and, and, you know, um, we've had uh, Air Factory. That was, that was pretty intense. Wow. Soulfly. Um, you know, I personally booked uh, the uh, Metal Church. Um we had a, a, a terrific show up here with a band called Unleash the Archers. Uh, their second time I booked them, the first time it was in a different location um, down the road, which is no longer there. Um, those were some really fantastic shows. We had Tim Ripper Owens in here. A lot, a lot of death metal. Um, I didn't do that really. Uh, that was kind of the guy who was here before me, who uh, working as an independent promoter. He did a lot of real extreme music. Gotcha. Uh, we've, done, we've done a ton of stuff, ton of stuff here over the years, many, many years. Now, if, if whoever is on the line, could you just let me know who you are? Because we're still missing NAP, our panel right now. But somebody else is on there, uh, area code 302. Who we got? I'm 302, brother. Oh, all right. Then area code 410. That'd be me, CT. It's Will. Hey, Will, man. How are you? Good, brother. How are you? Good, man. We're waiting on Brad, and we're waiting on Bill, uh, which <laughs> both guys run in their own calendar. So, uh, man, Will, you've been It's all good. It's all good. The... Mike, how you doing over there? What's going on, man? Good to hear from you. You too, brother. Good, good, to, good to hear your voice, man. I um, um, hadn't seen you in a, in a couple weeks, but uh, we had a good time up there at Bar 13. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's always a pleasure to have you up here. So, uh, Will, for – I love that. You've been on the show a couple times, a bunch of times by now, but for anyone that might be listening for the first time, uh, could you let our listeners know? I know you're a band manager. You also run some stuff behind the scenes. Give us a little bit of rundown about your background. Uh, background. Okay. Well, let's see. 
Born in California. No, 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 no. I'm gonna go there. Um, so background is this. I mean, as far as, as music in, in, in the local scene, I got into it originally in 1990. Um, there was a band that moved in two doors down from where I was living. Uh, I was 20 years old. I was like, this is the fucking coolest thing ever. And, you know, went down, introduced myself, started roadieing for them. Um, that band turned into another band and was roadieing and flying and doing a lot of stuff for them, just kind of behind the scenes. That was like my first bite of, oh, yeah, I, I got to do this. This is, there's just something about this that I got to do. Um, and then, you know, did it for a couple of years. Life goes on, you know, shit happens. Got away from it completely for a number, a number of years. Never lost passion for music, of course, but just, you know, life goes on. Things happen. Um, got back into it heavily, I'd say, like, heavily, like, actively going to shows constantly and seeing what I could see. Probably 2013 um, and come up to 2016, um, I have a chance encounter with 86 Bullets. Uh, turns out that uh, they wanted me to come and be a part of what they were doing and uh, took a management position with them. Um, just basically, you know, growing the brand. That's what I do. Um, I'm a music freak first and foremost. That's that's my number one. When you say what's your background, I'm a music freak. I, I, I love music of all kinds, all genres. And just, you know, I soak in real music, real musicians, and real good stuff. But um, a couple of years, 2017, myself and a couple of others, Bradley included, uh, started Ignite the Scene, which is currently, if anybody's paid attention, we've changed the name to Unite the Scene. We'll talk about that more later when Brad gets in. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I am just uh, – I am a music supporter. I am a Band-Aid. Uh, I am anything but a jock supporter. So – you know, it's 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 you know, it's a love that I just I can't explain. Those that know it, I mean, Mike, you don't you're not in this business for you know nothing. You love what you do. You love live music. So I mean, it's no different. You get involved because of the love of live music, and then wherever it takes you, it takes you. You know, some people will stick it out, and some people won't. But for me, I just can't see. I had such a long break in there, and I, I lost so much that I could have been learning. That you know, when I came back into the fold, I was being on a curve. I mean, all the people that I knew back in 1990, shit, half of them aren't even here anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, well, I, I have no kind of connections. What am I going to do? And I said, well, fuck it. I just, you know, I had my passion and, and I had an idea of how things could be different. And uh, I've been running with it ever since. So I, I think I'm doing all right, man. I think I'm doing all right. So, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the downside of things. We're starting out because there's a whole plethora of positive things but i want to talk a little bit about the downside of things and well this kind of goes back to something that you posted i don't know if it was today or yesterday as far as people that um you know they all they want to see is the negative and you kind of get taken away from it and if you if you're not careful it can sour you to the uh to the industry what do you guys think about that like what have you been there have you done that has doing this type of work gotten to be a law at any point for either two of you guys? Go ahead, Mike. Um, you know, the short answer is this. Um, negativity is part of life. Okay. Uh, it, it, people are, are people. We can't expect them to be anything different than that. 
deal. Right. I'm not. I'm not here. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna preach for some moralistic mountaintop. Uh, people are people, you know. Um, where where it gets kind of dicey is when they when they kind of go on the attack. Um, you know, and 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 that's kind of when I I, I may attempt to you know kind of step in and and, and intervene. Now, if somebody's not happy with something, they they have every right to voice that you know that concern. Um, you know, from my vantage point, I don't want to feed into negativity. So I'm really only going to address something if I think it's worthy of addressing. If someone's just venting or they need, you know, they're offering their opinion, you know, I welcome that. Um, but when, you know, people are overtly negative and they're aggressively negative, the only way you, you, you can't uh, negate negativity by feeding into it. And feeding right. into it means putting any kind of energy there. You just let it go. Like, it's cool. You know, maybe, the, hey, I don't know. Maybe this dude's dog just died. You know? Maybe right. he, he fucking got in a car accident on the way home. I don't know what the fuck happened to this guy or this gal. So, you know, you kind of take it with a grain of salt. You take a step back. You listen to what people say. You read what they write. You watch what they do. You know, sometimes shit happens. If it happens the second time, it's a coincidence. If it happens the third time, it's a pattern. You know, right, now maybe right. you have to address it. But short of that, I would rather, if I'm going to spend my time and energy, I'm going to do it into the positive things. I'm going to reinforce the positive because I'm not trying to erase negativity. That's already there. Let it be there. What we want to do is think of it as a reel-to-reel tape, right? And the reel-to-reel tape is an hour long. And, and, and 30 minutes of it is positive and 30 minutes is negative. I'm not going to try to erase that 30 minutes. I'm going to try to add additional tape to that reel. <laughs> That's all positive. So now the reel is, is two hours long and only 30 minutes of it is negative. And now I'm going to get three hours long and only 30 minutes of it is negative. So, you know, I'm, I'm not about to beat my head up against the wall. Some things in life right. are the way they are. And if I'm going to spend time and energy, I want to spend it on something that's going to bear fruit. Absolutely. Well, what do you think? Well, I mean, Mike's got a, uh, a bunch of really good points, and I try my damnedest to be as positive as I possibly can with everything. And I think the only different stance that Mike and I might have on this subject is, you know, if for me, if somebody's coming in and – you know, negativity covers a broad amount of things, okay? If somebody's coming in and being blatant, um, you know, i.e. coming into a post about a band and they just come in and go, man, this fucking band sucks. Well, guess what? I'm sorry, Mike, I'm not the better man here, I guess, <laughs> because I can't, I can't stand for that. I just can't, you know what I mean? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a stop to it immediately. Um, that's why, you know, Unite the Scene has been so effective because, you know, we don't, allow the haters to, to protrude in there. You know what I mean? We don't allow them to rear their ugly fucking heads like that. If you want to comment on something and say, hey, you know, not my cup of tea, but, you know, good musicians and go on the way or not comment at all if it's something you don't like, that's the blueprint we went by in there, and we've stuck to that. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I'm with Mike. I, I'm not about the negativity, and I could care less about it when it's usually brought to me. But there are certain situations where – I feel like, okay, well, now you've exposed yourself for being a jerk the way you said it, so let's just bring it to the fourfold so that everybody sees it. And then it's, they deal with it themselves. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not going right. to sit there and scold, scold, scold and get into a huge, huge argument back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on Facebook. That's not going to happen. You know what I mean? But 
I'm not going to allow somebody to come in and destroy somebody's art. There's one thing if you want to critique somebody's art. That's fine. I think most artists are fine with critique. But when you want to come in and just beat the shit out of a dead horse and you know rant about how bad you think something is, that's just not cool, man. It's not cool, and I, and I just I'm one of these guys I allow that shit to happen. So, you know, we said, uh, or I said, that we were going to talk about the things that bands are doing wrong, the things that bands are doing right, and sticking into the same kind of mind frame. There's a level of professionalism that carries across a band, and if a band has a problem with a different venue or a venue per se, and Mike, I'm sure you've been there, done that, and they take to social media or they take to bad mouthing, I mean, we don't have enough live music venues as it is we i personally feel we got to take care of the ones that we got where does the level of professionalism come in and how much does that make you not want to deal with a band when they do things like that um well you know again like like some like some people are negative you know i i i choose to spend a majority of the time reinforcing the positive right um so, in, in, all right, let's say, for example, a band um, has a bad experience here, and they take the social media about it, um, and, it, and I'm aware of it. The first thing I'm going to do is look and see if, first of all, you know, surprise, surprise, maybe their position is a valid one. Maybe something fucked up happened, and they're complaining about it. You know, Now, I'm not here to judge whether they made the right decision or the wrong decision. I mean, I can tell you. I wouldn't like it, but that's not for me to say. You know, I am not some higher authority that can dictate what other people do or how they right, operate, right. Um, even if I don't agree with it. So the next thing I would do is I would, I would try to find out what happened and ask them, you know, try to start a dialogue um, to try to find the root cause of the problem. Because a lot of times what they say they're pissed about isn't really what they're pissed about. You know, it's like you, right. you, know, you walk into a grocery store and you and, and the person in front of you is bitching about uh, to the cashier about you know the, how long the line is. That's not that's not really what they're pissed about. They're pissed about they just got laid off. Yeah. Um, so again, you got to remember, you know, we're dealing with human beings. Um, so you know, I try to do fact finding basically, and I, I don't want to take up all the time here, but the long and short of it is, first we have to determine whether what they're saying is valid. Or, or not valid, and then you kind of just offer a resolution. Um, and if they're talking about like seeing a show, or you know the bartenders were this, or blah 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 blah, you know, then I just turn around and say, hey, look, if if anyone wants to find out for themselves, by all means come down and see right. for yourself. You know, the proof is in the pudding, and you know. Yeah, you can always drop references or tag people and that it, but to me that's way too much fucking drama. You know, again, <laughs> negative negativity and kind of bullshit, that's part of life. It's just I don't wanna Right. I'm too busy. I don't have time for that. But then, well, if any there's take a on that? issue, I wanna know about it. If there's a legit issue, I wanna know about it and I wanna make it right. Guarantee yeah, absolutely. Any thoughts on that, Will? Um, so like if you're talking about and we're using the example again of a band that comes out and starts bitching about a venue or, or something like that. Um, me personally, I don't deal with bands like that. I don't, you know, everybody I deal with, we don't, we don't put shit out there 
and you know bash anything or anyone even and believe me we've gone and we've played some shows that probably deserved a few bashings but it's just not professional so i mean i look at bands that do that like literally bash in public that's just it's unprofessional and i just i don't deal with those kind of bands i just don't deal with those kind of artists and you know going back to the positive side of things what to you guys would 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 illustrate what a band's doing right. When what what's the best kind of situation that you guys would find yourselves in as far as either booking a show, working with a band? What are they doing right that puts them above everybody else in your eyes? You want to go first this time? Well, or you want me to <laughs> go ahead, brother? You're good. Go ahead. Um. Are, are, are we talking from like an, an operational, like a show perspective, or are we talking from an artistic, creative perspective? From a show perspective, uh, from the from the money okay. side of things, I guess. Okay. Um, you know, really, it's about uh, uh, open communication, no surprises, show up early or on time, um, be prepared. Uh, you know, stick to your times. Um, it, it's really all about understanding that, you know, on show night, it's about the whole show. It's about the promotion, the evening. It's not about any one or other particular band on it. Um, you know, a, a, any potential questions, I always encourage people who have not played here before or, or certainly who have not been here before to please come down beforehand if possible. Um, I will comp them. I will buy them around of drinks. Whatever. I will introduce them to the sound tech, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, but in general, it's really rare that it, it, the, the most pain in the ass things we deal with are people who set up slow or who break down slow or they're three <laughs> or five minutes over. But you see, I've been doing this long enough. The way I schedule my shows, I build in all sorts of buffers. So a band can go five minutes over and take an extra five minutes to load on and an extra five minutes to load off, and we're still going to be on time. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just basically what – you don't want to – I'm not going to change the rules of the game. You know, I'm just going to modify right. it because it's not about uh, changing the rules of the game. It's about learning the rules and mastering them. So, you know, I'm not like a trendsetter or any of that shit. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. It's just about learning – Allowing yourself to see what's going on. Like I said, you listen to what people say. You read what they write. You watch what they do. You know, try to keep an open line of communication. Try not to be a dick, which I fell at horribly, as you know, CP. Um, and, and, you know, try to be encouraging and help. Hey, man, is something I can help you do? To, is something I can help with, you know, to get you on and off quicker? That kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But really just roll with the punches. It's not that fucking big a deal. We're not trying – to deliver, you know, the the life saving organ to the children's hospital. <laughs> you know, we gotta understand what we're doing here. I'm not saying it's not important. It is. It is. But life and business shit goes south. Um and we just gotta roll with the punches and deal with it as best you can and take it for what it is. Hell yeah. Now I gotta I gotta say I think right now we have uh, Brad Lee on the line with us. I think Brad's finally with us. Brad, you with us? No, sorry to disappoint you. It's Ken. Oh, Ken. Sorry, Ken. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> Ken Shepherd, who is a uh, 
fantastic photographer. Ken, how do you want to weigh in on this, man? Uh, what's the question? So we're talking. Uh, how I didn't get an answer, ben, by the way. I'm just letting you know. How Ben's uh, work, as far as the professionalism is concerned, and things that uh, maybe they're doing right that sets them a little bit above. Anything that you see as far as the photography end or as far as the outsider can see that a band's going above and beyond doing what they above what other people are doing. Um, I, I, well, like I see through the lens really kind of tells me, um, you know, the, the, and the enthusiasm, I think it's just as simple as that. I think the ones who really love what they're doing, um, do it for the art, you know, versus doing it to be famous. I, I think usually those bands that do it for the art are the ones that that exceed, you know, beyond expectations because they, they're they're more of the I don't give a crap attitude. I'm going to do what I want because this is what I love to do. Right. Um, you know, and my my short experience years ago with bands is. You know, and 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 I was I was on the wrong end of it at, at one point. You know, I was in a band where, for me, it was all about you know getting famous, and we got nowhere because we had the wrong attitude. You know, so I, I think I think the people that are going to do well are the ones that do it for the love of it versus you know uh, for gain of any sort. And did you want to weigh in anything else, uh, Ken, as far as ideas or thoughts about the scene or what's making it better, what's making it worse? Um, well, yeah, I, I think what you, Will, and Brad are doing is making it better. Um, it's, it's uh, and, you know, and other people that do things like this, I mean, it's, it's making it more cohesive versus bands just kind of being on their own. I mean, right. You know, I, I've learned a lot listening in, you know, on, you know, looking at Facebook, you know, talking to, you know, Brad, Will, and, and you. I mean, I've I've learned a lot about bands, and, you know, even though that doesn't hey, really affect me hold. as a photographer. Uh, who is that? Brad's on hold, dude, just letting you know. Oh, I got him. I Yeah, I already – Brad is uh, on the line and able to talk at any time. <laughs> All right, cool, <laughs> Go go ahead, go to Brad, man, because I'll talk your ear off all night. <laughs> don't so go to me. Brad, I just got I, on here. I don't know what you guys are talking about, so don't talk. Don't talk to me just yet. Let me catch up. <laughs> What's going on, so, guys? All right, then, then, then allow me to answer your question, CT, because I didn't get to answer it. I'm going to be that guy for a minute. Um, <laughs> the question was, what do we think that the bands were doing right? We discussed what they were doing wrong. The question was, what do I think that the bands out there are doing right? And my answer to that is similar. Ken was touching on it. Um, Ken, by the way, love you, brother. Um, hey, you too, man. So, Glad to hear you on here. Hi, you too, man. Um, so <laughs> my, my touch on it is this. What bands are doing right in this is COVID has put everybody in a different state of mind, a different way of thinking. You have to, you have to, you have to essentially, you have to alter your way of thinking um, when you're faced with different dilemmas in life. So we're all faced with COVID. We're all, sitting around doing nothing because nothing was happening for a while. And I think what the good thing coming out of this is a lot of bands now realize, like Ken said, you know, they can't, not that they can't do it themselves, but to 
to grow it, they have to definitely reach out to other like-minded people and get something together with them. So it's like what I think is coming out the best out of all this and what, what I see improving in a lot of bands is bands are starting to realize that they can let their egos down, they can let their guards down a little bit and find some like-minded people. And, they, you know, when we band together in different ways, and this is no offense to you, Mike. Mike does a great job doing what he does, you know, at the bar, keeping the talent in there. But there's a lot of bands now that have formed together and little bonds here or there, and they're just doing their own shows. You know what I mean? And I think, if anything, that the band, a lot of bands are doing positive now is they're willing to sacrifice some of the old ways they did things to try something new, and I think that's fucking cool. And one thing that I want to say, just a Every once in a blue moon, we had a, a problem with blood pop guy uh, face. So uh, every once in a blue moon, I got a recall in, and that's what I've done. I'm glad that you guys continued the conversation as I'm trying to deal with this uh, problem. Is somebody driving with a window open or something? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like traffic, because I didn't hear anything. <clears throat> There we go. It went away, whatever it was. <laughs> we interrupt this broadcast. <clears throat> oh, hell. Can, can you guys hear me now? Do we even have CT or is this our show now? Now, I'm here. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Every once in a blue moon, we have a problem with the blog talk. Uh, we have a problem with the blog talk space, so uh, I have to call, recall in and do everything. I'm glad you guys continued the conversation. All that's been picked up. But um, as, far, as far as the industry is concerned, uh, like I said, I was saying, and I'm not sure if you guys heard me, uh, I know Mike's seen it because I've been there when he's seen it. How much of a place does ego play in today's industry as far as music is concerned? And does it make a better does it make a better band or does it make a band worse? Wow. Uh, wow. Well, well again, um, it's the the issue is excess. The issue is excess. You know, to have to have a little bit of ego. I wouldn't be here if I had if I had no ego. There were times right. that it was my ego that stopped me from saying, you know what, fuck this, fuck that, and fuck you. Yeah, it was right. my ego. It was my pride that fucking kept me in the game. Um, but you know, at times it's tough to reel that in. So yeah, it's like enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is fantastic. We want enthusiasm. But sometimes, I mean, you get, you get so caught up in it that you don't see the forest through the trees. You know, anything can, can spin out of control. So as long as it's something that is, you know, in a controlled environment and a lot of folks more often than not can do that, there's, real, there's really no issue. Um, you know, it's when people start thinking that they are better than Um. You know that that's when you know tempers flare and and chicken goes south real quick. You know, but there's the other side of that. The ego can also tell you you're less than. The ego can also tell you you're a piece of shit, and that's not yeah. good either. 
You know, That's right. so it's really it's like anything in life. It's a balance, and sometimes it's a delicate one. Uh, I'm not sure who just called in area code two one five. Our Philly peep who uh, who just called in? Um, hey CT. I figured I'd throw my two cents in. Yes, it oh, is. Oh man, LJ with us from Rat Rock, guys. Hey guys. Um, who? Who's happening? <laughs> Squirrel. Um, I'm listening, and I had to throw my two cents in. When you're talking about bands and egos, um, I, I agree with Mike 100%. The biggest thing, the biggest problem that I've ever seen is you're booked to play a show, and the band before you, you know, they, nobody realizes that everything bounces off of each other. So you take an extra five minutes, the next band takes an extra five minutes, the, the third band is getting their set cut. You know, yeah. We all have day jobs. We all have fun. We're all doing this. You know, everybody needs to look out for everybody else. Um, no egos are involved in this. There shouldn't be. We're all the same. You know, we're all doing the same thing. Um, we all want to put a good experience on for everybody. Um, when you get stuck with people that are like that, it, it's it's kind of hard. It's kind of it's kind of depressing. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that I want to say that I've noticed, you know, like I said, I said so many times on the show, my parents were booking agents. I grew up as a booking agent's kid that was out doing kind of roadie work in the 80s and early 90s. Was You could tell back then there was a backstabbing kind of uh, philosophy behind what a lot of bands were doing for gigs and for anything. Uh-huh. Bands were stabbing other bands in the back. And as far as Will and Brad are concerned, changing it to Unite the Scene, which I totally support, uh, I'm just going to take this from everybody that's on board here. I got like seven people in this conversation. Is how important is it that we continue to work together as opposed to the old mentality of stabbing each other in the back? Get it, Brad? I know I wasn't in but. I just want to say one thing, um, and then I'll get off of here. Um, I have this – we have this philosophy with Rat Rod. We're self-contained. You know, we've done everything ourselves for since we started. Um, right. You know, we work with Will now. We deal with Brad. Them guys are self-contained. Mike's self-contained. He doesn't need us. We need right. each other. And that's the problem. That's what people don't understand. Wow. You know, everybody thinks, you know, I'm the best. We're the best. It's not about that. It's about everybody working together and putting, like Will says, united. You know, because that's what is going to bring people back to this. Yes. Am I in the conversation? <laughs> All right, TT, I'm out of here. Good talking to you, okay, man. I'll see you soon, brother. Yo. Cheers. Hello. Brad, are you out there? I'm out there. What's up, man? Way I'm, I'm listening here, Will. Out there in more ways than one. Way in. <laughs> oh, I know that voice. I know that voice. Uh, you know this boy? Weigh in on something here. Brad, weigh in on something, brother. 
I got a lot to weigh in on uh, just with those last two topics. Um, number one, right. I apologize for being. And can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, we got you. I, hear you. All right, all right. I just want to make sure the connection is all right because I'm in my car. And truth be told, I was the culprit that had that wind blowing. It was my heater. So I'm freezing <laughs> talking to you guys, but I'll talk to you guys. Um, no, I apologize for uh, for being late. I was out here at a meeting. I'm actually not that far from you, but um, I got to head home because I got my kids home. So I wanted to hop on here and uh, and be a part of this roundtable with you guys. Um, as you know, I support you know other other markets as well. And CT, we love what you guys are doing. So kudos to you for what you're doing with Rock and Roll Union. Um, so for from the Eagles standpoint, um, I think the Eagles are important. Um, you know, you have like like uh, like we were touching on touching on a couple minutes ago. It's like you have to uh, you have to have some sort of an ego, or you never you know you never be a part of it, or you never get right. up on the stage. So you have to think something of yourself. But I think um, the part that has to go with that ego is a little bit of humility, and I think that's what's lacking in a lot of artists these days. Right. Is you have artists that are you know just starting out openers or playing second and as we know nobody wants to open and nobody wants to close you know what i mean because nobody wants to go on at midnight uh or now 10 p.m since covid but um but you know humility goes a long way and nobody it's a difference between ego and that that rock star mentality and i don't use i don't in this case i use rock star as a derogatory term but rock star is not necessarily a derogatory term. Rock star is is a lifestyle. It's how you live your life. It's a it's a mentality. But I feel like there's a lot of people that just they come into the into the industry or into the business, and I've seen it in many markets. It's not just one or two markets. I, I've I've been in plenty of different markets, and I've seen the same thing. So it's not just a local problem here. But it's you know you got these these startup bands that come in and just expecting to get the lion's share, or expecting guaranteed money, or you have to earn your keep. And that doesn't mean that you can't have an ego while you're holding your keep, but you also have to keep your ego in check while you're holding your keep. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. Uh, yep. humility, exactly. humility, man, like 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 Lil John was saying about losing five minutes here, five minutes there. I think, and and my my colleagues are gonna fucking hate me, but it falls on the fucking promoter or whoever's putting on the show. And I'm sorry for saying fuck so much, but you know it is what it is. And I'm sure that if you keep tally, Will Masters say fuck a lot more than me by the time this is all over. But, <laughs> You know, it falls on the promoter, man. Like, if, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to toot our own horn at BLE or anything, but we come with a staff when we promote a show. Like, we show up to a right. show, we got a stage manager, we got security, we got hospitality, we we got all that. And you know, part of the problem is, and it's been a problem in this industry for quite some time, especially on a local, on a on a local scale, and partially a regional scale. Maybe not so much national, but local and regional absolutely a problem there's no lock on the fucking gate and like just anybody and their mother can pick up and say they're starting a banner pick up and say they're a promoter now and it waters down the people that have been doing it so what i want to say is there's no there's no authority on it either there is no authority to say oh well you can't do this or you have to have a license for this or a license for that for the most part a lot of these these uh and i'm not talking about executive positions or or CEOs and COO positions. I'm talking about promoter positions. I'm talking about, you know, bands that come in just expecting to be on the top of a top tier of a bill or opening for a national when they've only been playing for three months. And are there bands that have only been playing for a short time that are great? Absolutely. But you don't okay. get to come in and call shots like that and start at the top of the food chain. There's a pecking order. 
and it has to be respected. And I think a lot of that has to do with humility. Absolutely. You know, I was going to ask you that. How important is it to you guys that a band stays humble? That, a, that I mean, they, they don't have to lay down and get rolled over. But the fact that a band stays humble and is, is able to be molded or at least adhere to what's expected of them, like how important it is, is, is that to you guys? <laughs> I got my answer. Well, Anybody else want to go? I'll just talk. <laughs> I'll answer from a photographer's perspective. I, I hate to say it, but the bigger the ego, the better it is for me. Because the bigger right. the ego, the exactly. better pictures I get. And I, and I agree. You know? And I agree with that. See, so so it's needed with with certain positions. Certain positions thrive off of people being a certain kind of way. And if yeah. if if you're trying to get a shot and you got a guy that's up there and just kind of, you know, uh, not so sure in his own skin or whatever, that's not owning his craft. I mean, as a as a musician, if you walk on stage and you totally own that shit. And and you got a three inch dick, but you make it look like it's a foot long. Eighty percent of your work is done. Eighty percent is done. You can sound mediocre. You can sound mediocre as fuck, dude. If you own that stage and make people believe it, it's in the conviction, and it's all in the confidence level. But to be confident and to be an egomaniac are two totally different things. You you have right. to you have to humble yourself. You know what I mean? And and I just it all goes back to that, man. It's just. It's fucking crazy how how some of the, the things in this industry are happening, and it, I can see the writing on the wall that there's a change coming, but we okay. have to do what we've been doing and push it harder, and let people know that hey, we're not taking no for an answer, and somebody's gonna have to teach the newer generation or protect the industry from people trying to damage it, or it's not gonna fucking continue, and. Like I said in the in the live that me and Will did, you know, earlier in the week, we almost fucking lost it. We don't have to get a second chance, and we're probably going to end up getting a second chance. So what say this time we don't squander it and we make it a better situation for everyone involved? Oh yeah, yep. So unfortunately, guys, we're just about we're just about out of time. We got to do a second one of this for two hours, man. But uh. I got Nick Petrino from D. Snyder coming up. I wanted to ask Ooh. you guys, you know, just moving forward, uh, what, do you, what do you guys recommend? We're going to go down the line. Uh, Mike, what do you guys recommend that bands do as far as uh, moving forward from here? What you, one bit of advice that you could offer. Um, wow. One bit of advice? Okay. Well, I would say you could tell a band right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't do it. Thing. You know, it's what what I say. What I would what I would offer would be important to some and inconsequential to others. Um, I mean, it's such an we're dealing with human beings. We are many and varied in every right. band. If there's five people in a band, you got five different personalities. There is no one size fits all. <laughs> what I would say is this. Understand that just because somebody says it's bad or wrong doesn't make it bad or wrong. It means they don't like it or they don't agree with it. You get ten people in a room, some people may say, yeah, this is bad. You know, I'm not talking about obvious shit. Hoping someone is good. Saying please and thank you is good. Stealing somebody's wallet is bad. 
punching someone in the balls for no reason is wrong. You know, aside from shit like that, it's like really, it's about taking a step back um, and understand. I like to call it the internal customs. You got to remember. You got to try to. I'm I'm just not saying do. Try to keep in mind that there are many other people other than you and your band that go into creating a show. And the job of all of us is to make everyone else's job that much easier. That's what it's about. My job is to make your job as easy as possible and, and everyone else's job as easy as possible. That's what we want to do. We want to make things as easy as possible for one another. I think that's re- a really key thing uh, you know, to, to, to reinforce. Hell yeah. Also, um, also keep your fucking pages updated, for Christ's sake. You know, on your fucking website and on your on social media, list what area you're in, because I don't fucking know what area you're in if I'm researching bands. <laughs> and for yeah. What members are in the band? Christ. Oh, we ended up in five put, years. Like, what the fuck? Put, um, put a, um, uh, a logo <laughs> with a transparent or a white background on your fucking page somewhere. So when I need to do a poster, I can just fucking... Download it and boom, have it on the floor. That's just a or if you're if you're looking for locals, if you put out that you're looking for locals and the fans from North Carolina, please don't say that you're local. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Amen. <laughs> Brad, what do you one one piece of advice or one thought that you could push on to the fans that are coming up now? Do it with skill, do it for thrill, but don't do it for money. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, do it because you have a passion for it. You know what I mean? Like, if, you, if you're in it, if you're in it for the wrong reasons, nobody's going to want to work with you anyway. Nobody's worth their salt. It may not seem that way, but we're very particular on who we put on a on an event. And we just want to work with like-minded people. So it's no different than anything else. Go into it with a mindset of a compromise. You're not going to go into it and check all your boxes. I'm not going to go into it and check all my boxes. But when you're dealing with the public, in order to be a band, you're going to have to do some kind of live entertainment or live shows. If you just want to sit behind and create music and, and, and you know, record albums and never do a live show, be a dick all you want. But if you're going to be in the public eye, know that you need to have some humility and be respectable to those peers and professionals around you or don't do it. I couldn't agree more. Kenny, you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. So uh, any thoughts from you, Ken, as far as uh, what you'd like to see happen in the near future, bits of advice that you could offer? Um, I would say the bands should reflect on this COVID crisis and realize just how important their music is to them. Um, you know, you don't really – a lot of times you don't realize how good you got it until it's taken away from you. And I think, um, I think the, you know, I think this COVID crisis should, should uh, humble a lot of people and realize, you know, your art can be yanked right out from under your feet without you ever expecting it. So, I mean, I think, I think bands should, should take this and learn from it and, you know, be respectful to the fact that they are artists first 
And I think if I think if they stick with that, I think that's going to humble them, like Brad said. That you know that needs to be. And uh, you know I I think that's pretty good advice for everybody. But you know bands in particular, they haven't been able to do their craft. And you know I I think that uh, the realization that that can be taken at any time, you know, should should play a part in a lot of their decisions. Absolutely. Will any last thoughts, man? Uh, my last thoughts, last piece of advice for anybody that's doing this, I don't know. It's pretty simple. Uh, don't be a dick. Just don't be a fucking <laughs> cock-sucking little dick, man. I mean, I swear to you, it will get you a lot farther if you're fucking nice to people. You know what I mean? It, it takes you a lot farther. Because I cannot stand people that are just total fucking dicks, and they just have this atmosphere tying into the ego shit. It's like, we all have egos. Mike touched on that. We all have egos. Every fucking single person on this planet has got an That's ego. That's right. It's how, you con- it's how you control that ego that, that matters. So, in closing, don't be a fucking dick, and we'd love to do business with you. And the, and the ones that are being a fucking dick, I'm sorry about your fucking feelings, but this train's gonna roll right the fuck over top of your head. So, there's my final <laughs> thought. Thanks for having me, CT. I love you, brother. You all are fucking God, awesome, and I will talk to you motherfuckers on the flip side. Peace! <laughs> Thank you so much, Will. So, uh, Mike, any uh, as far as upcoming shows, anything that you're promoting there at the bar, anything that you'd like to put out there as far as our listeners are concerned so that they can come out to seeing what you're doing? Oh, yeah, please. By all means, come on out. And if you have any questions, you can contact me through Bar 13 email, um, Bar 13 Delaware. The Facebook page, Magnetar Concert Promotions. Um, you can contact me through CT and Rock and Roll Union. Um, yeah, we got a pretty full calendar. We booked every weekend through April. Got all sorts wow. of shit happening here. I made it um, with the time that I had. Uh, I, I made it a point to you know to, to go out uh, and and seek um, some different type bands that you know we've been pretty much a rock and metal bar forever. Um, so now we're mixing it up a little bit. We got a good a tribute following. It took us about two and a half years, uh, three years to build that. Now that's booming. The next big show we have coming up is on the 27th. It's a regional show with Wild Street from New York City, Sonora, yeah. kick ass, young and up and coming band. He and and I, I want to stop for a second with the self promotion shit because I want to say something about Sonora. If we want to, if, if we really want to make an impact. This is the reality of things. Now, I pass no judgment, okay? But this is the reality of things. Folks like us, we're getting older. You come to, like, right. shows here, and you look at these, these bands that are up on stage kicking ass. They're my age. And you look around at the people in the room. You know, they're not exactly spring chickens, all right? I'm not saying we're all over the hill. I mean, you know, CT, you might be. I'm not. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. But but the thing is, we you, you know we we got to look, we got to look to cultivate young talent. We got to look to figure out how we can get them involved, and that is not that is not the key. All right, the key is we have got to figure out how to tap in to a younger generation and keep their interest. And let me tell you, that Ooh. is a an Everest size mountain to climb because the generation there is not how we are, okay? It is a different generation. To reach them is going to take much different efforts 
you know, very direct tactical moves and a lot of trial and error. But the only That's way, right. you know, to keep things there is where is the, where are the next generation of bands? Like I come in here and I see a packed house and everyone's having a good time and the bands are kicking ass and everyone, I mean, vast majority of people are forty plus. Yeah, we need younger people. With that, that's how hey, Mike, hey, Mike, we hey, Mike, hey, we've got to pass the torch. Hey, Mike, I ain't trying to cut you off or nothing like that, bro. But like to touch on what you're saying about, it's not just artists either. Like we as promoters need to groom the younger generation to be able to do what we're doing as well. You know, if that's we right, if we right, pull right. in if we pull in industry professionals that are younger, that's like they they'll they'll find the younger talent as well. You know, so it's like uh-huh. like you said about passion and torch. I mean it's it's gotta go somewhere. It's an evolution, man. Like you gotta evolve. You can't stay stagnant forever. You know what I mean? You gotta you gotta look on to other other ways of, of keeping it alive. And if that's what you gotta do, that's what you gotta do. We gotta do something. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And 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 the tough thing about the younger folks is that they, they don't they get distracted real easy. That that's the long and short of it. Like I have had people come in here that I was mentoring. These are young guys. These are young hip people, not rock people. More like modern day, like you know, the fucking metalcore and all that kind of stuff. Um, but still, it doesn't matter. It's a younger generation, and they just, you know, they're all into it for four or five weeks, and the next thing you know, they're gone. So we just got to stay the course, really. Just, you know, just stay the course. Oh, yeah. Now the one thing. The, the only thing that I can say about that whole topic, and and, the, and maybe it makes me sound old, but it's a hell of a thing to try and teach somebody art. And regardless of age, it's so select people. And, you know, I, I truly believe that God puts you in the realm of certain people at the right time for the right reason. The next people coming up have to have that level of heart as well. They got to have that drive, right. that ambition, but they also have to have that heart. Mm-hmm. You don't teach heart. You look for the heart. You teach them the skill. Once you find the person with the heart, you teach them the skill. You don't You don't teach heart. Right. You can't teach that, like you said. I mean, but if you find somebody that you know is moldable and that has a passion for the business and is moldable, and you can you can bring bring to them what what you know about and teach them that and give that to them to run with, show them the lay of the land. That's the way to do it. I mean, there are oh, people yeah. out there, the younger generation, that want nothing more than to be a part of what we're doing. We just got to find them. So, guys, I hate to cut it short, but I have to take a quick commercial break. I want to thank all you guys for being on board tonight and for everything that you guys do to keep us going in the scene. Man, thank you so much for being here. And like I said, we got to reschedule another one of these for another two hours. Bro, back Thanks, at you, man. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me on. You guys have thank a great guys. rest of your weekend, guys. And much love to All everybody. right, gentlemen. You will go on the next one. Bye-bye. All right, guys. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to be joined by Nick Petrino. B. Snyder's guitar player and the guitar player for his own side band, My Missing Half. Don't go nowhere. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back. Hey, this is Total Package. Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests. 
like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resume. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Steins of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast. It is my great extreme honor and pleasure to introduce for the first time into the Rock and Roll Union Nick Petrino, guitar player for D. Snyder and his solo band, My Missing Half. Nick, thank you so much for being here, bro. Thank you for having me. Can uh, can you hear me and everything? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, awesome. I'm coming through. But, uh, yeah, I, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. I got a bunch of uh, stuff I want to get to. Um, awesome. Now, for... For our listeners and people who uh, who don't maybe know your history, can we discuss some of your some of your background, some of uh, when you started playing, how that led into maybe uh, your your side band or into D. Snyder, and how long you've been playing? Yeah, uh, so I I've been playing like I don't know, like like seventeen, eighteen, something. Yeah, I've been playing since I'm like ten years old. Um, been in bands probably since I was like late teens, you know, just like I'm, I'm from the Boston area. So like a lot of, um, I love thrash metal and stuff, a lot of thrash metal bands, stuff like that. Um, you know, and I've, I've been touring with 
uh, like Boston area bands for quite a while now. I, I used to be in a band called Sonic Pulse that's been all around. And then I joined this death metal band, My Missing Half. Um, and I've been with them, I don't know, like five or six years at this point. Um, and, you know, and obviously I, I, I started playing with, uh, with Dee Snyder a while back. Um, and that kind of came about, you know, just from doing the whole New England local scene stuff, uh, you know, it, it, you just, from everybody that you meet doing that, you know, I, I happen to run into a few people that know a few people who know a few people, you know, it's all that, that whole, right. your circle's just connected to everybody. So, you know, um, when D was doing this, uh, this, this new heavy metal thing back in, uh, I, I the first record was in 2018. They started working on it like late 2017, I guess. Um, the other guitar player and drummer in the band, they were working on the record initially with uh, Jamie Josta, who from Hatebreed, who had kind of set this all up with D uh, to do a metal record. And then by early mid 2018, they, you know, the record was done and they were looking for a live band. So it was just, you know, they were sort of asking around, like, who can we get from the scene? Who's like, you know, who's out there, who's looking for work, who's, who can, who can do that. And, you know, it was like through a friend of a friend that I was contacted for that. And that's kind of how that came up. And, you know, it was just a matter of like the drummer, Nikki hit me up about that. And, you know, he was checking out again, like my missing half and just the other stuff that I do or did at the time. And, you know, had me down for an audition. I jumped in with that and, you know, we've, we've been, we've been rolling ever since bunch of tours that summer the whole next year all off of the 2018 record for the love of metal um did a live we had a live record come out this year that was a bunch of our um from a bunch of concerts and stuff that we did last year and yeah so i mean that's that's kind of that's the big thing you know everybody asks about the d stuff first and foremost um the my missing half stuff is a lot smaller scale but i mean you know we're still we're, we're touring all over the u.s all over canada all the time that's you know awesome. when, when we're allowed to but so you, you know i wanted to touch a lot on my missing half because like you said a lot of people want to talk to these snyder stuff and i'm really interested and intrigued in some of the stuff that you do with my missing half now it's like a completely oh, cool. different sound that you guys go for yeah. <laughs> now yeah, you're yeah, the they're pretty they're... My, with, you're you're the vocalist there am i right no, I'm I'm uh, I'm just the guitar player. We we have okay. our vocalist also plays guitar and also has like curly hair, so everybody gotcha. gets us confused gotcha. a lot. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> no. I started getting tattoos just to set us apart, but you know that's, that's about it. <laughs> you know, I wanted to ask: is is that kind of like an escape from the stuff that you do with D? I mean, is it, it because it's a much different sound and I know there's so much, you know, the one thing that I always said as far as that style of metal is concerned is there's so much musicianship that is taken for granted in that level. Yeah. Is it I mean, more, uh, I, is it more laid back to you or is it more, I mean, how do you well, feel as no, far I mean, as being part of that? I, I mean, I, any musical project I, I, I become a part of like I definitely like take seriously but at the same time like you know it's it's 
I just like so many styles of music. I mean, you know, you, you talk about it being a, an escape and it's like, in some ways, like it can be, cause it's like, it's totally shifting gears. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. But at the same time, it's like, it's still at the end of the day, it's like, it's me, you know, holding the guitar always attached to, and I love making noise on and I'm playing music. So it's like, if I'm playing <laughs> death metal if I'm playing, you know, Twist Sister songs to 60,000 people, if I'm, you know, I, I like I went to I went to um, college for music. So, like, you know, if I'm playing jazz in a recital or something like whatever it is, it's still like I'm still just connected and playing music. And that's kind of just how I treat it. You know, um, the other guys in the D band used to play in Toxic Holocaust, you know, so that was like that's one of those those they they look at us like, you know, oh, D's band, who's in it? And it's like, you got two guys in Toxic Holocaust, I'm in a death metal band, and it's just all this, like, like Jesus, you know, it just doesn't seem like the group of guys you would expect to be playing, like, I want to rock, you know? But um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like, it, and granted, we're, we're going a lot more, like, heavy metal than he's done, than D has done in the past, and that's kind of the point of it. Even with the Twisted Sister songs, we kind of like metal them up a little bit and beef them up and make them sound just like contemporary heavy metal, thrash metal stuff. But, um, you know, either way, like it's, we just love doing this stuff and we love working in this industry from like the performance and creative side, not like the business side of it. It's a nightmare, but, you know, everything else is a lot of fun. So, yeah. It's as long as it involves music, I'm 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 behind it, whether it's one thing or an, uh, one genre or another. So you know, I, I wanted to ask you because you know you've seen both sides of the coin. You've been through the United States and Canada with my missing half, and you've done D. Snyder shows all over the world. And mm-hmm. to me, and you're you're not too far from me. You're in Boston. We're both on the East Coast. As far mm-hmm. as what it feels like on the East Coast, and maybe throughout the rest of the country is rock is kind of a step behind the rest of the world. I mean, in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I mean, how do you feel? I mean, I couldn't imagine when you're, you know, I saw some of the, some of the interviews that you've done and I've seen some of the videos and the places you play overseas with day are like thousands upon thousands of people hearing you play in the small little venues with your band. I mean, what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, so like four very... people and a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What are your thoughts on that, man? Like, what are what's it's, the future it's of weird. rock and roll look like? Oh God, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> like, it's it's <laughs> such a weird thing. Uh, and you know, I, I even like the other guys in um like the my missing half guys, I'm always, we're always talking about this where he's just like, I don't understand like why you keep coming back. Like, you know, it's one of those, I'll, I'll go out for like a detour and then I'll come home and we'll just play like some local bar and it's, you know, handful of people there, like wh- whatever, like not a crazy show, but it's like right five death metal bands at a bar on a Thursday night in the middle <laughs> of like, you know, or in like a suburb of Boston. It's like, well, who's, yeah, eh, I don't know. But, um, but whatever like it's it's fun and it's still you know it's whatever but yeah it's just so funny the, the rest of the guys in the band are like like why do you keep coming back like why do you do this why do you bother you know and it's like well i don't know um it's part of it is like that's kind of the like that's just kind of what it is you know I, you, you see even when we're on tour 
playing all these places like yeah weekend shows are cool shows in like more densely populated areas where you know there's some sort of music scene are pretty cool but i mean there's plenty of clunkers in between that are just you know right lame shows with nobody who shows up and they weren't super well promoted and it's whether it's local or on tour it's whatever but it's just kind of the the business you know and and with my missing half and my previous bands too we're all like diy based touring bands we book our own stuff we manage our own stuff we run everything ourselves so it's pretty you know like you do this for years you kind of just get in the groove where it's like that's what it's like and some of the bands that you right work, you know i'm not like i'm not like looking up to like megadeth in this scenario like there that's obviously like like huge like way practically unattainable by bands nowadays but like I'll look at like bands that are similar, maybe even like something like the Black Dahlia Murder. I, I guess that's even still a little right. high up there. Okay. But some some bands that are like similar style, similar sort of like corner of heavy metal, but uh, you know, kind of like front runners of the genre playing bigger shows. Like, what are they doing? And a lot of them have the same shit going on. Like, it'll yeah, you know, they'll still be um, maybe not Black Dahlia. I guess that was a weird uh, weird one to to call up, but um you know, so some like, like mid semi pro bands that are touring all the time, like they'll tour for like eight months out of the year and they'll still play like crappy shows two thirds of the time. So it's just kind of what it's like, you know, and, and that's just sort of what it's like around America. Um, when I jump over with the D stuff, uh, it's, it's nuts. Cause that's like that thing, like, like what I was just saying with, you know, I'm not thinking of patients with my missing ass stuff aren't on like Megadeth level because that's just like unattainable. That's that whole, they got in while it was hot kind of thing. All those older bands or, you know, or bands that are following trends are kind of on an, a level that, you know, you can't really reach if you're doing something more right. like underground or whatever. But the D stuff is like, like that, that is that level. So it's sort of weird to be like, you know, my expectations are pretty, pretty reasonable with my missing half. And then it's like, but, I also am part of this thing where it's like already all the way up there, all already, you know, top of the top kind of billing and notoriety and all that. Um, so it is really weird, but uh, you know. So I, I got to ask when you first joined, when you first joined forces with day and you started doing some of these bigger like arenas or started doing some of these massive crowds, was there any form of nervousness in you? Was there any kind of timidness or like, holy shit, like I'm in front of all no. these people? It, no, I've never really like, <laughs> like I've never been one to be nervous, like on stage. Um, I, uh, I don't know why. Cause I'm nervous, like literally going to the gas station. So I, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a very, yeah. Like, I'm not a very confident person, so it's, like, weird that... I, I think it just has something to do with, like, playing guitar. Um, and just, that's, like, been my identity my whole life, you know? So I... If I'm up on stage with that, it's, like, I'm doing something I'm confident in. And, like, I'm the one on stage in that moment. I'm the one people are, you know, focusing on. I mean, well, <laughs> if I'm up there with D, obviously I'm not the one people are focusing on. But, like, you know, as a whole... <laughs> in the band us in the band at that moment it's like yes we're doing a thing that is the center of attention right now and i am very confident in my execution and of it so it's like and on top of that it's like the thing i've wanted to do forever so it's like 
there's there's a lot of forces sort of acting in my head at that same time where it's like you're doing the thing, you know. Right. It's yeah. So it's it takes. I think I think it just removes any and all nervousness right then and there. I I can't. I can think of I think like one time I was ever even nervous on stage. Um, I was like I, I went to see Marty Friedman at a um, just he's my favorite guitar player in the world, and I went to see the oh, first yeah. time he had ever been performing in the U.S. in in God knows how long, and uh, he he just was like picking a random person to go up and play on stage with him, and he picked me, and it was the weirdest like. I remember just like freaking the hell out up there, and I mean, you know, I, I, it was whatever. Uh, but yeah, like like looking back on it, that was it. I was like, I don't even. It was such a weird experience. I was just terrified. I was like, <laughs> but you know, in any other situation, I mean, not really. It, it, there's no real like nervousness or anything like that. It's just fun, you know. Now, as far as joining Dee and doing some of the albums and stuff that you've done with him, um, what like how, what goes into that recording process? How much of you gets put into that recording process? And I know you're tracking albums, you're tracking songs right now for the new album. Uh, mm-hmm. What sets this album apart from the last one, and how much of a part of yourself do you think goes into this album? as far as something that sets it apart from the last record, uh, one of the things is that I will like definitely be on it. The last record was made. It was basically just built like in the studio by the other guitar player and the drummer and obviously in D Um, you know, Jamie wrote a lot of the Jamie Josta wrote a lot of the like lyrics and um, melodies and everything and curated the songs. And then they had a bunch of guests come in and kind of fill it out. And it was just like a little project they threw together. And then I think, um, you know, down the line, they, they started booking shows for it. And that's when they were like, okay, we need a band. So they were, the man, our manager was like, okay, you know, to the guitarist and drummer, like you guys are in it, find a bassist and a guitarist and we'll fill out a band. So that was how I joined the fold. So this time around, I mean, I was on the live record and that was, I mean, that was all recorded live. So we were on every single part of that. And it's all stuff that, you know, again, I would say, like we all, all five of us in the band are playing our own instruments. Every single note of that. There's no pre-recorded this. There's no copy pasted this. It's it's all it's all real. Uh, and then this, I mean, you know what we're doing right now. Um, this is just a uh, just another studio album. We are doing both. These specifically requested both guitar players do their own rhythms the whole track instead of like you know the that whole the way a lot of people do it nowadays it's like one guy will like record every guitar for you know all the rhythm guitars or, or all the verses or something you know just so it's like more right, consistent right. But, but um yeah no d was like nah we're like this is the band and that's what's going to be on the record and it's like okay cool so yeah um yeah i, you know, I wanted spent... to actually ask you um like is there a relationship between the band and d and how's that whole thing like off off the road in the studio are you guys like well what's that yeah. kind of relationship like yeah i mean he's he's just one of the guys in the band it's like it's funny because i think a lot of people think of it more like you know he's this like celebrity you see on stage and that's it kind of thing but it's not really like, like he's you know we we text him back and forth like just stu- like stupid pictures and 
you know, whatever. He's <laughs> he's great. just like a normal guy. It's so it's so funny. I mean, especially him. Anyway, you know, there are plenty of people out there who like seem like cool people, but it's just like some you know douchebag celebrity at the end of the day. But it's like he's such a cool dude. And every time, you know, I'm like doing an interview or something and someone's all like, you know, now is he like he is on stage off stage? And I'm like, like, absolutely. He's, he's, he's a riot. He's always, you know, telling stories, hanging out, chatting with us. It's, it's a blast. He's a wicked good dude. And it's, it's, it's funny. Like you kind of forget sometimes that he's, you know, it's, you're talking to like, a music legend. That's all. <laughs> it's just man. some guy. You know, it just feels like you're just chatting with a friend sometimes. So it's like not, it doesn't like occur to you until, I don't know. I, I, I still get those moments every once in a while where it's like, holy crap, you know, but, but yeah. I mean, honestly, the one thing that D did that like really made an impact on me personally that, uh, as far as what I do and as far as, what I see was when he took the FCC to court and he was able to sit there and like, what a different world that was. But the fact that, I mean, it's incredible to me, like the, just lighten the trail like that, man. And the fact that he's still bringing some of the younger guys along with him and he's able to keep that going is just incredible to me, especially when, I mean, We've all seen folks like Vince Neal that <laughs> can't can't really keep it going, but it, it feels like D hasn't missed a beat at all. Oh yeah, like that's that's practically an understatement. I mean, you should hear these. Like, I'm even sitting here and like getting his uh like getting some of the the vocals back on these demos that we're doing, and it's like, oh my god, like this is this sounds better than ever with him. Like he he's 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 insane. Um. But yeah, like one, you know, he's always very like health conscious. Um, he's not, he doesn't drink, he never did drugs. And that was, you know, for his whole career and continued to this day. He works out a lot. Like he's just, stays in shape and it shows, you know. Um, and that's really inspiring in itself. Like just like, my God, the, he's like in his mid 60s and he's killing it like never before. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's just unbelievable. Um but yeah, it's 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 really cool. It's really and like I said, really inspiring to be around somebody who's that like focused on all of those elements. Because you know that that music's more than just like the notes you're putting down. Like it's the performance, it's the image, it's the, right. the the. There's so much behind it, and he cares about all of this stuff for that, you know. And that's that's really cool. So I, I gotta ask because I. Like any old head, I watched Cobra Kai. Uh, I know that D was in. Was the whole band part of that segment in uh, Cobra no. Kai? No, we weren't. We we didn't even actually know what was going on. Um, I think uh, <laughs> I, I I knew he was like going to. He was filming something. Like we had heard something that he he mentioned something in a in a group text. We were going back and forth, and he mentioned something. Um, that he was like going to film something and we were like, Oh, hey, whatever. Cause he's in everything, you know, he, he films all sorts of stuff. Uh, so I didn't think anything of it. And then I think the day that the, um, <laughs> the day that the trailer for the new season aired, uh, 
I was like on the computer and I get a message from Charlie, the other guitar player, and he's just like, yo, <laughs> am I seeing this right? <laughs> and, it, you know, he put the timestamp on and I go to the time and I just see, and it's like, it's so weird because it's like, well, that's him. And that's like our back line. <laughs> I'm like, that's not us. Well, that was weird. <laughs> It's just so goofy. Did, did I, they I've actually, actually use your like your recording, but they had other people. Like no, I'm, I'm they they took. Um, I I actually talked to I had talked to the guitar player for uh, who was on um, the show, um, but I guess they're all friends with the people who who um, was the film crew or the the, the writers. Gotcha. I forget which one, but. Yeah, so they were just kind of, I think it was just one of those, like, they were local, they, you know, were friends of theirs, so they threw them up there, but um, I believe the, so they did, like, two, I think they did two Twisted songs, uh, that wasn't our audio, I think that, I mean, they might have recorded that there, I'm not actually sure, but uh, there was some, like, there was, like, a guitar solo in the middle, too, that was, that, that was also not ours, I guess that wasn't even recorded until, like, after the scene had been shot, interestingly, but um, gotcha. just from what I've heard, but but yeah, no, we 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 weren't actually involved in that. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> Go I gotta ask, as as far as the like you travel on the globe and seeing so many things from so many different places, um, do you have any thoughts as far as the American perspective on rock and roll right now, or is the the, the what can we do to make things? better in uh, hindsight i mean we're we're watching the grammys and rock doesn't get a nod at all oh, they, they, they still have a rock category but it's like not by anyone that does any kind of rock music Is right there anything like, we yeah. can do to kind of get back to the glory we had before man it's it, it's wild because like i mean i even think back to like not that I mean I wasn't around in the 80s but I love all that music and you know I think of a lot of music back then you know even even like like hair metal and some of the rock that was like killing it back then it's like it was kind of the pop music of the time in one way I mean it wasn't the only thing but people saw it as that and they just don't anymore it's you know so I don't know if it was necessarily like we've moved away from the genre or it's just like the contents of what's considered like popular music just kind of shifted. Cause I mean, you know, you like, yeah, you look at these other countries and we can hop around, you know, like every other day in the summer, uh, festival to festival all around Europe. And it's like 30,000 people this day, you know, hop over yeah. another country, 25,000 people. It's like, it just keeps going. And then you come over here and it's like, you know, maybe uh, you'll play like a one-off with like, 2,000 people at a venue or something and that's kind of like, right. oh, cool, all right. Can't come back here for another like eight months. But So it, it, it is weird, but I mean it's, you know, the USA is kind of a, more of like a tour-driven um, industry than it is in Europe. Europe is a lot more focused on the festivals. Every country seem, seems to have like one, two, or three of its own massive festivals, you know, and everybody just plans around that or they'll you know, whatever. Whereas like around here, you know, we get all these cool tours coming through these clubs all the time. But I mean, you know, the, I think it seems that uh, you see a lot more, well, no, I guess not. I was going to say you see a lot more um, 
people sort of aiming for those few U.S. festivals than like going to club stuff. But I guess not even really. It's just it's just a, like a totally different market. Um, and I even see like a lot of you know I have a lot of friends who are are so super into this music to the point where like they will spend summers like overseas just going to those festivals and that'll be like their music fit because they've just given up hope around here you know (laughs) um i don't know like uh you know not to say europe doesn't have plenty of like club circuits to to go through but um they're just not as you know they don't buy as many huge acts and i think a lot of a lot of heavy metal stuff seems to be like you get a ton of bands coming out of the u.s so it's like it costs a lot of money for them to get overseas and most of them can't do that in a lot of yeah. cases. And, you know, and the, the spots fill up so quick. I mean, in any case, it's always going to be a, a, a case of like oversaturation. Um, there's always a million times more bands than there are places to play, whether it's then, uh, oh, like, yeah. you know, small clubs, bigger clubs, festival size stuff. So, you know, you kind of, you, you you sort of only see the bands who can either afford to get themselves there, like financially, uh, have the connection to do it manager wise or by right. other means, or, you know, just, just things like that. If they're like buying onto a tour and they'll get a, like, that's, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I don't really think it's like, as I don't know if like people are necessarily just not focusing on the music more than they have been around here, like over the last few years, or if it's just a matter of like, there's too much going on all the time. Right. And you kind of just have to pay your way into it in a lot of cases. I mean, to be honest for me, as, as far as a fan, as far as an outsider is concerned, you know, I love seeing the, because you get to see one more than one of, the bands that you love, but the problem with the festivals is you only get like a 40 minute set. You don't get yeah. an entire show from each band. Yeah. I've, and, I've always been like, I've always preferred going to see the tours as well. So it, it, it's just funny to me. And I mean, I've seen bands like uh, the band ghost. I saw them in a small club in Philly and two nights later, they were opening up for Iron Maiden and, in Brooklyn, and it was like the the difference between the two areas is like incredible. But right. as as far as like my missing half, I mean, when you guys tour the country, which I know you do, you go up to Canada, like you said, and what what keeps you guys going? I mean, when, especially when you see some of the bars are a little emptier than others and some are better at promoting shows than other places are any favorite places in the country to play and what keeps you going through the country? Um, I mean, we don't like, um, we like a lot of stuff down South. Uh, Texas is always fun. Any, like any of the cities around there, we've gone through Houston, Dallas, Austin, all those, like all the kind of like bigger ones down there. We, we have a blast every time we're in that area. Um, even like the Virginias are always good to us. Um, that's really like self, but you know, it's, it's self of me. So, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, uh, but yeah, like, for keeping us going, I mean, it's <laughs> it's weird. It's kind of like what I said before, where like we don't have like the craziest expectations for stuff. And as our singer puts it, sometimes uh, he's done this for too long to be good at anything else. 
He's just going to yeah, keep trying. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those, like, you know, you kind of keep trying until the right person sees you and is just like, hey, I can do this for you. And it's like the next rung on the ladder to climb up, you know. And it's, and we've, we've run into it. Every time we'll, like, go out, you know, we meet a new couple people who just have these contacts into this. I mean, that's that's practically how I got into the D gig to begin with. It's just, I, you know, knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody kind of thing. And that was from right. playing in my missing half, you know, that was, that was the thing like, you know, and, and, and now that's like on my resume, like I love doing it. I, I love playing that music and that's a driving force to, to why we keep doing that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like, we don't necessarily like look at like, goals of like success and fame or whatever you know we kind of just look at it like okay we like playing this like we like this kind of music we like performing live uh and when you perform live with that kind of music this is what it's generally like right you know you start doing that and then over years and years you kind of meet other people who are in the same boat and you just sort of bond over this whole like we all do the same thing the industry for us is a nightmare but we're just trying to, you know, do what we like to do. You know, just that 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 passion for it just kind of keeps keeps you going and keeps you from like ever like really quitting. You know. Right. Now, I mean, the the other thing I got to say, and I, I've noticed it. I'm I have older sons that are 22, 23 years old, and I've gone to metal shows with them. Is there's no fans, as far as I'm concerned, better than those metal fans. Like, they are so diehard. Yeah. And so they know everything about every band, every kind of thing that the older generation tries to talk badly about the younger fans. They're there. It, it just, I, I feel like oh, yeah. not a lot of people have taken advantage of that, or not really taken advantage of that, but no one's really taken the time to cater to them. Yeah, and that's that's a pretty good point too, because I mean, you know, you you've got these people who are like so devoted to the style of music. I mean, like they're like just that that genre of it. Um, you know, they 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 know the band members' eye colors. It's like it's it's pretty crazy how how like detailed that that gets sometimes. So I mean, um, yeah, and like you know other parts of the world too it's it's still it's always the same level of devotion it's crazy oh i mean more or less i guess but still it, it's it's unreal it's not like they don't do that in country music you know they don't i mean i guess i guess who am i to say but it doesn't seem like there are people out there who you know know every single demo that garth brooks right. did or something you know <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah it, it is nuts like like down south uh in like um we did a tour in south america I guess that was uh, last, no, not last year. Nothing happened last year. Oh my God. Two years ago. Um, yeah, we did a tour down in South America a couple of years ago and it's so funny, like going down there, you always see and hear, you know, the South American metalheads are like the most passionate uh, music fans ever. And it's like, it's no joke. They, they sing the guitar solos. Like, <laughs> It's the weirdest thing. Like, you know, I, it's just such a, such a level of devotion and like, that's awesome. Yeah. It definitely does seem like something that's like something that more people should capitalize on is like the, the, like how extensive a lot of these people uh, pay attention, how extensively 
yeah, they pay attention. But now, Nick, as far as uh, I know that you're, we we talked about you tracking the the guitar parts for D. What's what's next in the future? Have you guys had any chance to do any kind of performing? Any kind of have? Do you have anything with either band coming up? No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't even seen anybody in either band in like months. It's wow. it it sucks, but that's that's COVID day, you know. But, Hell yeah, um, dude. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm hoping by like later this year. Uh, with uh, obviously like. I guess we'll see what happens, but I'm hoping that later this year I'll be back out just kind of like doing some local stuff as it pops up with my missing half and hopefully um, getting back out with D at some point. I mean, that's, that's all I, I know management's always looking, but we'll, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I know a lot of stuff, especially like European stuff's all getting pushed off to 2022 already. So, you know, wow. it's, it's just a matter of like when everything will open up and, and all that. But I mean, as soon as, as soon as there's like a green light for real, like uh, I'll I'll be out there. So, um, but yeah. And in the meantime, it's really just you know we're recording recording for D right now. I have this like this other little side project band that I've been doing with a couple of guys that I'm gonna be getting up uh, off the ground. Basically, like immediately after the D stuff, I'm gonna start putting those tracks together, and then probably working on new my missing half stuff right after that so it's kind of just like one thing to the next until i'm able to go outside again <laughs> now as far as uh my missing half and other things that you're and in, you're involved in how do people go about finding you finding your music purchasing anything um a lot of everything is just kind of driven off of facebook um you know i on my my i'm on facebook instagram twitter all that is nick petrino and that's got links to everything um you know with my missing half we have we have a like merch store on um bandcamp i think it's like bandcamp.com or no my missing half dot band uh, i forget how however band, if you google my missing half bandcamp it comes up i have no idea how the web address is set up but uh but yeah um that's all on there all our music is on there we're on spotify we're on uh you know Apple Music and all the somebody's iPod things like that, you know. We're, we're all around. Man, my, my uh, I, I gotta say, dude, I, I'm absolutely in awe on some of the stuff that you're doing. And wanted to ask you a um, a question. We're getting ready to play uh, Six Feet Away. Could you give us any kind of input into the backstory of that song? Oh yeah, um, so. One thing I always want to mention is that it has nothing to do with COVID. That was like title name was like <laughs> totally total accident. We we named it. We had it for like a year, and then by the time the record came out in April, and then it was like weeks later, everyone's like six feet distance, and it's just, like you gotta be kidding me. So we did like a little, <laughs> we did like a fake like music video guitar playthrough thing on YouTube with, you know, all all social distancing stuff on it, but um like just kind of joking off it but but yeah um it's it's a cool song it's the opener to our most recent record uh ceaseless decay and it's kind of just you know um i i really like that track because it's just sort of like what we're all about it's it's fast it's melodic it's it's sort of thrashy it's really heavy it's got a ripping guitar solo um 
yeah, it's just, it's a really like in your face song about, I, I don't know. I don't even remember what that one's about. I didn't, I, I helped curate lyrics, but I didn't write them. Um, but they're all, as with my missing half was all the songs are kind of about like death or suicide. So it's one or the other. <laughs> so Nick, I got to say, man, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Any updates as far as anything with day, anything with my missing half, please post it to the rock and roll union page, man. I'm very thankful that Absolutely. you came on tonight and took the time out to talk with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was a great time. Yeah. Great time speaking with you. So, have a great rest of your weekend, and uh, we're going to go ahead and listen to Six Feet Away. Have a good night. Yeah. Yeah.
Because my missing half, guys. Great stuff, man. I want to say a big thank you to Nick Petrino. I want to say a big thank you to Will Mass, Bradley, Ken Shepard, Mike Albuquerque. Thank you, guys, man. You made such a great show. If I'm forgetting anybody right now, I apologize deeply. But what a great show, man. You guys really make me excited for what I do. And very happy, happy, happy for the Rock and Roll Union podcast, man. Uh, Once again, don't forget about the songwriting contest. Get your votes in for Artists of the Month. Really excited stuff. And tomorrow the tickets go on sale for the Jersey Shore Jam 2. You do not want to miss that. So going out of here, a little bit different than my missing half, here is Nick Petrino once again with D. Snyder and Prove Me Wrong. Guys, you guys have a great rest of your weekend and have a great week. I'll see you next week with Bill Leverty of Firehouse. Have a great week, guys.